maybe the darling of media, the high reach days, are now starting to decline. Welcome to the Media Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Benjamin. This week, Kantar released its 2023 Media Reactions Report, the fourth edition of Kantar's global ad preference ranking of ad platforms by both marketers and consumers. Given that ad campaigns are seven times more impactful among receptive audiences, it is absolutely necessary to ensure that your ads are placed on the right platform, where audiences are most open to viewing or listening. This year's report found some rather startling results. Namely, there appears to be somewhat of a disconnect between consumers and marketers. Though consumers' ad preferences are dominated by in-person media channels like sponsored events, cinema, out-of-home, and point-of-sale ads, marketers report preferring a number of digital counterparts like online video, video streaming, and social media ads. Meanwhile, marketers' interest in TV has declined significantly this year. Despite the medium historically being among the most important in the media mix, just a net 6% of marketers say they will increase their spend in TV next year. You can read a full write-up of the report penned by yours truly on our website at themedialeader.co.uk. But joining me to discuss the full report and what it means for the media industry at large is the co-author of the report and Kantar's Executive Vice President of Global Thought Leadership, Jane Osler. Jane, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining me. Great to see you, Jack. Before we unpack some of those big results that I mentioned, I'd like to give you the opportunity just to sort of describe the report. It's in its fourth edition, what the goals are of the report, and and then what, in your own words, are the top line takeaways that marketers should know. Sure. Well, I think, first of all, as you said, this is the fourth year that we've uh, run our media reaction study. So the good news is we now have trends over time that we can we can look at as well. And we do this report because we think that media and the platforms and channels that brands choose and their media agencies choose is really important. You know, the medium is the message. It's an old quote, but it's still true. And it's something that I think marketers easily forget. There's a lot of discussion about, um, you know, what channels you're using and what new digital channels are emerging, but they each have their own qualities. They each have their own positives. They each have their own negatives. And consumers have opinions on those things as well. So what we've come up with is um, uh, a number of things in this report, including a measure called ad equity. Mm -hmm. And ad equity is the sum total for each brand or each channel or each platform of the positives that consumers perceive about ads on those channels and the negatives as well. So we look at those. So we don't just say consumers like this. We know why. And we don't just say consumers don't like this platform. We understand what the reasons are. So we go into depth about it. And so we think marketers need to pay attention to the qualities of those platforms in the way that those ads are going to be perceived and received by consumers. Obviously, on top of that, you have good ads, high quality creative, different types of content, etc. But the media channel and the brand itself also says something about who you are. So what we do, um, and we've done it, as I said, for fourth year in a row, is we do interviews with consumers. And this year we've spoken to 16,000 consumers. A representative a, sample. Yes, a wholly representative sample, you know, everything you can imagine, demographic type, socioeconomic details, mm. male, female, all of that kind of thing is taken into account across 23 different countries. So we did that um, all at the same time. And we've also, as part of this study, spoken to senior marketers around the world. And this year we've interviewed around 900 of senior marketers as well. So the great thing is that we can now start to 
get the consumer opinions about media channels and brands and what what the advertising is is like. But we can also ask marketers similar questions and hear their views and their concerns. And as you said in your introduction, you know sometimes there are quite startling differences between the two. Mm. So what are those big differences? Uh, can you lay them out? Sure. Well. Looking at media channels overall, so not thinking about any particular brands at the moment, one of the big differences is that the top ranking media channels among consumers this year are all outside. They're all out of home. Mm. They're all things that you experience outdoors. So number one is sponsored events. Uh, Number two is cinema ads. Um, Then we go into out of home, point of sale, which is a retail point of sale, um, and then digital out of home. So Interestingly, a couple of years ago during the pandemic, um, that wasn't the case at all because obviously consumers didn't really have opinions about ads on those channels because we weren't able to go out and experience them, right? Conversely, this year, marketers, all of their top five are online channels. Mm. Uh, So online video, also sponsored events. So the two do have something in common this year and digital out of home. That's another one they have in common video streaming ads, and also online stories. Obviously, marketers are looking at trends and thinking, like, what are the new forms, the new formats of advertising we can start to adopt? But it is quite interesting that this difference exists. Mm. This difference exists. Has that difference always existed? To I imagine to some extent it always has. Is this year any different just because people, consumers are preferring to be outside the house, it seems like, when they're seeing advertising? There's a difference every single year. Uh, marketers just tend to go for the online digital channels. That's just how it is. Consumers have a bit more of a mixture. And actually, mm. um, this year, we have two in common, which is good. So the sponsored events are something that marketers have now picked up on. Consumers have liked those for a while. And also out-of-home, digital out-of-home advertising. Um, there's something in digital out-of-home advertising which gives rise to perhaps, you know, interesting creative opportunities which are remembered and um, enjoyed. It's an enjoyable experience Mm. to see and experience those kinds of advertising. Uh, Sponsored events are an experience as well, if you think about it. So perhaps a slightly more immersive media and advertising experience than in many other channels where it's slightly more interruptive. Mm. Why do marketers tend to favor these digital channels if consumers are not necessarily always that receptive? Well, obviously people have got, you know, we've got different aims in mind. As a consumer, you want to experience your media channel, whether it's in news, entertainment, audio, whatever it is. Um, And probably, let's face it, you probably want it to be interrupted by advertising as little as possible. Right. Um, You know, what you're there for is not to experience the advertising. Whereas marketers, um, really, their job is to reach the right people at the right time. Now, digital media channels, the big ones, you know, are still, despite a slightly declining growth rate in advertising revenue, they're still growing. People still use those channels a lot and marketers are interested in reach, clearly. Um, And also there is a perception thing. They're shifting more of their budgets online. More investment is going into digital channels. We still see that. And, you know, there's another... issue, I think, which is that marketers generally tend to be attracted to the new and shiny channels right? and new formats, trying out new things. There's nothing wrong with that at all, um, as long as you kind of know how it's performing. But new things are inherently, you know, interesting and give new creative opportunities. Yeah. Something that really stood out in the report was how the metaverse 
kind of cooled off. And I think that's a, that's one perfect example of that. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, perhaps it shouldn't be funny, but I do find it rather amusing because this was all anyone was talking about around this time last year. And last year's report, 61% of marketers said they'd increase uh, their spend in the metaverse in 2023. And in reality, just 12% have. Um, I mean, I can ask whether or not you think it's a serious medium yet, but I just think that's a perfect example of the, the new shiny toy and then that kind of goes away and maybe AI is the new shiny toy, that, but that's applied probably to all types of media investment. Yeah, exactly. AI, I think, plays a kind of, you know, a whole host of different roles in in, in media channels and, and, and in particular in media investment. Um, but to the metaverse point, you know, it's not a single channel. It's a collection of possible strategies and tactics which some marketers could or could not choose to adopt. There's been a fair amount of experimentation, I would say. Um, one of the issues, though, is that depending on the kind of metaverse environment that you're trying to advertise in, you've also got to have people there. You've got to achieve the reach that I spoke about earlier. And if the people aren't turning up or there aren't enough people engaging with your beautifully produced content um, or even products and services, Mm. then, you know, you need to move to channels which are going to deliver perhaps more um, immediate results. And I think you know, we've seen this in the adoption, as you said, a couple of years ago. You know, there are quite a few brands are having people with titles like Chief Metaverse Officer. Right. Yeah, and I think some of those will be, you know, fairly rapidly pivoting their jobs to other things, including AI probably. Mm, or um, short-form video. Or short-form video, all of those things that are on the rise and are attracting consumers. Because ultimately, marketers need to reach people and, you know, unless you're doing something highly targeted you don't need to be where people just aren't turning up. Right. The fact that interest among marketers in TV is declining in particular, I mean, that's a very separate conversation from the the metaverse, obviously, but that really struck me as a major point. You know, the report notes that though TV has never been among the top ranks for preference for consumers, that, you know, historically, you know, it's a bit of a darling for marketers. I think it's reliable, seen as trustworthy, robust. It has mature measurements, mature regulatory environment, certainly in this country. But uh, TV fell from third place among marketers top ranked um, to 12th this year in preferences. And I'm curious why you think that might have happened. It's probably There's probably a whole host of reasons. Um, one of which is that, you know, people have moved to subscribe to online streaming platforms, video streaming platforms. And so maybe the darling of media, the high reach days are now starting to decline a little bit. We've seen this now in younger audiences um, over the last few years. This is not really a new story, but perhaps this is now starting to seep in among all age groups now too. Um, It's not to say that TV advertising isn't great. You know, it can reach lots of people. There are big tentpole events, programs, content that still manage to attract millions and millions of people. But there's more competition out there. There are other platforms that can do that too. And one of the things that the online platforms do have in common is they all innovate a lot. Mm. You end up seeing, um, you know, new formats, like you mentioned, stories. We've now got influencers playing bigger roles on a multiplicity of different channels. So marketers have more to play with. There, there are more toys to play with there. 
TV advertising, I think, hasn't really been able to innovate. And actually, part of that might be to do with the regulatory environment in some countries. You know, you have your fixed amount minutes per hour. Um, You're not allowed for the kind of branded entertainment space is probably fairly new in many countries. Um, So brands can't really get under the skin of the content. They have to stick to their their advertising spot. Mm Uh, TV sponsorship has also uh, fallen in terms of consumer uh, preference this year as as an advertising channel. So I think we're now seeing the the days where, you know, the fragmentation that we've spoken about for the last 10 years, actually, in in media um, means that TV isn't necessarily always considered to be the base of a media plan anymore. You don't achieve massive reach necessarily with TV, depending on who you're trying to target. Um, There are other channels that can do that Mm. with TV. But as advertising formats, I believe there's there's a need for innovation. Mm. Is there a, if if not TV, is there a base that advertisers can go to? Or or is it, we have, we're so fragmented that there isn't actually one answer. Is that? That's, that's, that's it. Um, We actually did a study a year or so ago called No Silver Bullet, which said there's no one single answer for constructing a media plan depending on your objectives anymore. Mm. And we actually looked at a whole host of ad campaigns, over a thousand different campaigns, and looked at the media mix that was used to deployed in each one. TV was still the base in most of them, um, but there were also other channels taking up quite a lot of quite a lot of the investment too, mm. and quite a lot of the impact as well. So it's it's a mixed world now. Is it a lot of you know budgets that may have been going toward TV or preference among marketers that may have been going to TV? Is that going toward social short form video? I mean, what's what's taking it? Yeah, yeah. the shift the shift among marketers is is uh, towards digital channels. Let's let's face it, primarily. Although you know, and if we look at what marketers say they're going to spend money on next year. Um, the top 10 increases in investment that they talk about for 2024 are all digital channels, mm. including digital audio, such as podcasts. Mm. Well, that that's good news for us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, yeah. Um, I think the, the top preference is YouTube this year, is that correct? And that rose from the third top preference last year and, and did a flip-flop with Instagram. What's behind that sudden resurgence? Is, is it sort of that, is it connected to TV um, more people are on YouTube now. Um, yeah, this is referring to the rankings of media brands. So this is the, the the global part of the study. We have local versions in those 23 markets. But if you just look at the top level, look, the ad advertising equity that marketers consider the brands that have the highest equity. Yes, YouTube is now number one, Google number two, and Instagram is, as you say, in third place, TikTok in fourth, and mm. Spotify in fifth. So they're all online channels, um, those, those, those preferences. We have, you know, identified maybe over the last few years that, you know, the owners of these channels are responsible for innovating on ad formats. And, you know, Instagram has been very strong for the last few years. Um, it instigated some changes to you know, it's advertising, it now offers 
reels, for example, but it changed its algorithm. That could have something to do with marketers' perception of you know it being difficult to to cut through on on uh, owned media. Mm. And uh, YouTube is just there. It's just big. People are watching a lot of video on it. A lot of broadcasters use it as well mm-hmm. um, to broadcast video content. It, it's kind of ended up as the go to place for online video. Um, at least not the only one, but probably the biggest. Yeah, well, there's no real competitor. I was talking about this with my colleague Ella for the other podcast that that's come out this week. That there, YouTube doesn't actually have a major competitor. I think there's like Vimeo or a few other things. You might, maybe some people might go to Twitch or something to watch a streamer in in a long form video content. But YouTube's kind of the only one, as opposed to short form, which there's YouTube. Yeah, uh, but there's also TikTok, which you know fourth most, and then yeah. Um, uh, Instagram, third most. Yeah, so there's increasing competition for short form. The other thing is, as I said before, we look at ad equity in terms of positives and negatives. Mm. Um, and one of the things we tend to see with new platforms, newer platforms such as TikTok, for example, is that consumers don't think that they're sort of excessively loaded with ads. The more popular channels become, obviously, the temptation is like, great, we can get the ad revenue in. And then it it, it turns into you know, a, a fine balance between having mm. all the advertising that's that's capable of being on the platform and not irritating people by having too much. Um, I think YouTube over time has probably sorted out the balance. People understand how Do you think so? ads work on YouTube. I feel like the complaints about, especially YouTube and then also Google search on the ad, though, just in the past year, year and a half, have certainly increased, into, at least in terms of the people that I speak to, they're just average consumers. Yeah. Um, this is the marketer study we're talking about, remember. Right. YouTube doesn't appear in the consumer top five. So right. what, what marketers perceive is that it's a great place to do my advertising. Right. Um, and they're not necessarily applying their sort of a, their own consumer lens to it, which might be excessive frequency of ads, etc. So this is one of the points of difference um, that that we've started to identify. Mm. Um, you know, it, it primarily, you know, marketers may consider that it's you know it's a great it's a great platform for reach, but also, you know, you can do interesting targeting on YouTube. You can target certain types of content. Um, the ads are in certain slots. It's sort of fairly clear what what the offer is. And, you know, maybe what they're looking for is, you know, a high reach platform um, to go alongside TV if TV doesn't quite hit all the buttons. Right. So I I sort of alluded to the consumer side of the study. Um, I believe Amazon was the top performer among uh, consumers. To me, that that actually makes a lot of sense because if you're it's sort of that per- point of purchase advertising. If you're looking to make a purchase and something gets advertised to you that you might be interested in based on all the data they've collected about your prior purchases or what you've been searching for, um, consumers might be really open to that. I, I suppose I'm surprised that marketers then don't feel quite as confident to say, like, well, we should be pushing more toward just give the consumers what they say they want. I suppose the thing to bear in mind there, you know, you're right that what consumers like about Amazon is the relevance. That's the the sort of highest attribute that that they score, which is a positive attribute. And Amazon obviously has very also very smart targeting capabilities, so it's going to target people in a relevant way at the right time, the right place and not irritate them with, you know, bombarding them with the same ad because, you know, they they know what works. They can mm. they can track it all. It doesn't appear on uh, marketers' channels. I mean, that might be because some marketers, it's not 
it's just not relevant, you know. Right. Um, it may be that, for example, if you are a marketer in the automotive category or a um, competing streaming platform, you might decide not to advertise on Amazon. So it may not be relevant for all marketers, whereas pretty much um, as a user of Amazon, which uh, just remember these surveys uh, among consumers are conducted amongst users of the platform. So it's Amazon users mm-hmm. think that ads on Amazon are the most relevant of all. Mm. And what were the other uh, top? The other ones were uh, Google, which has which has gone up a couple of spaces since last year. Um, also TikTok. Um, mm. People have liked TikTok advert. Consumers have loved TikTok advertising for the last couple of years, and the primary driver there is um, it, it, they they're seen as fun and entertaining ads, which they kind of have to be because they have to fit in with the style of the the platform. Right. If if they're not fun, comedic, funny, then no one's going to like those ads. So the creatives have gotten onto that, basically. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we've spoken about a lot at Kantar as well in our ad testing. You've got to customise your ad to the context. You can't just bung the same old ad anywhere and hope that it hope that it works. And, you know, depending on the category, some categories of advertising lend themselves to being fun and entertaining more than others. Mm. But even, you know, financial services advertising can be done in an interesting way on a platform like TikTok. And we see some really, really great examples of that now. So um, there aren't really any any barriers to stop marketers, you know, continuing that that on TikTok. And TikTok, you know, currently doesn't irritate consumers by having too much advertising either. And and that's, as we say, it's a, it's a quality of new platforms. Mm. The the next one for, for consumers is Instagram. Consumers still love Instagram as an ad platform. Mm. Um, and number five is Spotify. So Spotify is also on the list. The first time yeah. you've mentioned an audio company. Yeah, that's right. And obviously the ads on Spotify are only available to those who don't subscribe to the premium service. Mm. So, you know, this is the free the free layer that we're talking about. It's users of that layer. Um, you know, as I say, consumers consumers don't mind the advertising on there. They like it. Right. Especially, I suppose, if you're making that uh, uh, choice yourself to say, okay, I'll take the discount. I know I'm going to have ads come in. As opposed to, and, and, to be, and Spotify has always had an ad tier, yeah. as opposed to a lot of these new streaming services that don't. And I, I, I shouldn't mention that this is, I assume this is the first year where, you know, now you have Netflix that's coming with ads. Those don't show up on consumer preferences. Not yet. We have, we have measured them, but they're just not in the top five. Right. And yeah. so are they really not well received? Or I, I, I note especially just because as marketers seem to be moving a little away from television in terms of preference, that it's not like these streaming services have necessarily jumped and said like, oh, we definitely need to be advertising there, or we prefer to be advertising there, I suppose. It's not necessarily that they're not as well received, those um, newer kind of ad-supported layers. It's just that they might have more negatives, for example, Mm. too much frequency of the same ad, for example. Maybe their targeting isn't quite up to scratch yet, for example. Um, And actually, we find that the successful ad platforms in terms of ad equity, they do, they do, they have lots of positive qualities, but they're also the ones with the least negative qualities as well. Right. So it's almost like you have to go through the negatives one by one. Are we delivering as a platform or as a brand? Are we delivering ads with too much frequency? Are they dull ads? You know, do we, are we offering a lack of control to consumers over what they see and what they do? So it's almost like you have to eliminate the negatives first, mm. and then and then do the positive things, and then. 
you know, have good creative on top of that. Right. It's not much really to ask, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what are what, what are the big positives that, that really jump out consistently among, you know, the top preferred uh, for consumers and then also for marketers? Um, I think, well, one of the stories I was particularly interested in was that ads, I believe, do need to have some form of entertainment in them. Um, at the very least, we know they have to have an emotional hook. They have to draw you in emotionally. Um, you know, gone are the days when you can just have a sort of, you know, product features ad and expect people to take any notice of it or mm. to remember it. Ads need to uh, drive memory. They need to, you know, they need to give you an impression about a brand so that you're in a good position. The next time you're going to buy that thing or buy that category, your memory will be triggered by something. And, you know, that brand will be either first of mind or at least among your consideration set. So the advertising um, has to be has to be memorable. We know that the use of emotion, this is through a number of other studies we've done, the use of emotion in ads is so important to get people's, um, not only to get their attention, but also to get them to remember things. Yeah, you make people laugh. Maybe try not to make them cry because that doesn't necessarily <laughs> leave the, the best memories. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a belly laugh. We, we've done some research very recently which shows generally over all the ads we've tested in the last year that actually humour is starting to pick up again globally in mm, advertising. Because it was on a downswing for a long time. That's right, um, especially during the pandemic. And then, you know, obviously more recently we've had cost of living crises, you know, we've had inflation, we've had recessions. So, you know, you could easily say, well, we need to reflect the consumer mood. But actually you could take the opposite point of view and just go, actually people need cheering up a bit. Right. We're here to help, you know, not in such generic terms, but one way of becoming memorable is to use humour. So there is has recently been an uptick in humour in ads. Mm. And it can be light, appropriate humour, a, a wry smile. As I said, it doesn't have to be a belly laugh. Mm. And that bodes particularly well for a platform like like TikTok, for instance, or Instagram with Reels, etc., that already sort of leans into co comedy on the medium itself. Well, I think there's probably a, a consumer expectation that you're going to be entertained in some way or other. So mm. advertisers have to have to deliver on that yeah mm. you brought up the point about the need to grasp attention and that was something that was highlighted in the report as well there's a few statistics that i thought were quite fascinating for one first of all you mentioned there's a 90 percent correlation between media channels that consumers claim capture their attention mm -hmm. and those in which they prefer seeing advertising so in other words if i'm if my attention is being grabbed i'm probably going to enjoy this ad which is what yeah. you were just sort of alluding to yeah and then marketers, on the other hand, are a little bit, seem like they're a little behind the ball relative to that. 51% of marketers reported saying attention highly influences their media budget decisions. Mm. Um, but close to 50% say they do not see attention as as important as brand or sales outcomes. I mean, I think that, that gets to a slightly different debate about how we measure attention. But how important would you say attention should be for marketers, given that it's clearly important for consumers? Yeah, I think what we think is there's a whole range of factors that are important in advertising. Attention is one of them. Uh, brand and sales outcome is another. It's not a question of either or. Mm -hmm. um, you know, emotion is another one of those things. The key thing is to understand what your ads are doing and work out what works and test and learn. I mean, we would say this, wouldn't we? But, you know, look at your advertising 
test it before it actually goes live. Needn't take very long. We can use AI to help with that. Um, and make sure that your ad is doing the things that you intend it to, whether it is emotion at the right point in the ad. Uh, you might think your ad is funny, but do consumers think it's funny? Is it having the right effect on the outcomes that you want? So attention is just one of the factors that needs to be considered. But as we say, there's very high cor correlation between um, you know, the successful uh, the higher higher successful ad platforms and those that people perceive as as having you know good attention so you might as well just see them as the same thing and make sure that you choose the right choose the right channel and then get the right creative and measure it properly what is in common among consumers and marketers is in terms of attention are cinema ads mm. uh, score highly on that um again not hugely surprising i think in this case because you know, cinema advertising is is in a very special category of its own. You can't really do anything else right. while you're while you're in the dark um, watching a movie. Um, but also sponsored events and digital out of home. Now, sponsored events doesn't really have a standard ad format. It's like it needs to be activated in a highly imaginative and creative way. Digital out of home, similarly you know, interesting targeting technologies, but actually the technologies that drive the creative are also really interesting. And there are many different formats for digital out of home as well, you know, from the sort of small size that you might see on the London Underground right through to huge one-off specials using kind of 4D technologies. So I think it's the application of kind of highly impactful creative that also drives that attention. Mm. And in basically unintrusive, relatively unintrusive formats, because we're talking about, you know, billboards or, yep. you know, cinema. Okay, yes, you are a captive audience, but you're forced to be and you're waiting for the movie to come on and the trailers are coming on soon. And so the ads just probably aren't going to bother that many people unless they go on for half an hour and the movie should have started already or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, in the cinema, for example, you know, there are, um, you know, there, there are people who shall remain nameless who go to the cinema just to like watch the ads first, you know, go early, watch really? the ads. Yeah. Um, you know, because they're usually, you know, if they're done properly, they're a special experience. They're on a, a different screen format. They might have some amazing sound techniques thrown mm. in. Um, you know, they might be done in a cinematic way, mm. which means that the format is really kind of singing at that point. The only the platform that consumers and marketers, marketers both agree on in terms of it being um, attention grabbing is is TikTok. So both right. consumers and marketers are quite excited about advertising on TikTok. I find that very fascinating for, well, two reasons. Number one, it's such a short attention span environment. I don't actually use it myself, but I, I'm young enough to know that everyone else in my life probably does use it and I've, I've been on it enough. And so I understand how it works. And um I mean, you're just constantly flipping. If something doesn't grab your attention within two seconds, it's it's over. But the implication is that people are excited that the, the, the ads that do capture someone's attention very quickly, that sort of sticks in their brain. Is that the idea? Yeah. I mean, the, the ads on TikTok, like anywhere else, have to draw people in fairly quickly. I mean, you could almost argue that for any, any media mm. channel now. Mm. Um, the unique qualities, I guess, of, of TikTok, which, you know, might include music and sound and some clever editing techniques and perhaps influencers and humour and being fun and entertaining give, give rise to a whole host of opportunities. And we know that advertisers are trying really hard to customise what they do or, or to design it, it, you know, especially for that platform. 
and we know that really works. Now, then that brings another challenge because if you have, if you accept that actually what you have to do is customize something for every individual channel that you're advertising on, how on earth are you going to design a campaign that consumers link between all those different channels? Mm. So then our advice to marketers is, and this comes out through a lot of our, our brand tracking work, a lot of our creative testing, is that marketers need to have some form of uh, distinctive brand assets that they use throughout their campaigns, no matter what the channel is. Um, and those might be music, it might be your identity, it might be having a girl in a red dress if that's your brand colour, it might be um, a brand spokesperson, a celebrity, could be a range of influencers or a, a, a set of words or language. It could be any of those things. Um, but consumers do experience your brand on a range of channels. They're not just looking at the silos on their own. And to get maximum bang for your buck, you need to have or, or you, you would expect some media synergies. You know, somebody who saw the ad on TV, listened to it on the radio and then saw it on TikTok should Ideally, all of that would have a multiplier effect and build more brand equity than advertising on those channels individually. So you have to make the connections very, very clear for consumers. Mm. It's essentially an answer to media fragmentation being have it be synergistic. Yeah. And we know that um, from our research that if you have a campaign that is both integrated, as in it works across the whole range of channels and is perceptively uh, from your brand, perceptively from your brand, um, and customised to each channel. If you manage to crack both those two at the same time, those campaigns have 57% more brand impact than mm. those that don't. Mm. So, you know, it's a good thing to do. Mm. The other point that I wanted to bring up about TikTok, this has kind of fallen out of the news cycle at this point, but I mean, it was only a few months ago that I feel like I was constantly writing about the fact that, you know, governments are very worried about TikTok. Is there something unique to TikTok that's causing a lot of positivity? Or if in the case, like a government decides, look, we want to get this company out of the our, our country for whatever reason, is it, do people feel the same about Instagram or YouTube and other, is it a short form video in general? Or is there something really unique about, especially like TikToks being funny, for instance? Uh, it's probably it's probably a bit of a generalization to say that, but mm. yes, the fun and entertaining uh, aspect does stand out in in our measurement for for TikTok. All those platforms are different, um, and our no silver bullet research showed that actually, you know, channels aren't directly replaceable. You know, if one channel wasn't available, what would you use instead? They're not. They're not exactly like for like. Right. So, you know, then you have to go back to what your marketing objectives are, what you're trying to achieve. And it might be that if a platform isn't available, a particular media brand isn't available for a reason, you might have to redistribute your investment among the others. But, you know, very few of them are exactly like for like. Mm. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because it brings me to my next question, which is a bit more of it, if we can maybe get into a more rapid fire uh, yep. uh, round. But X, right? Yep. Is, I feel like an example of this, where it still exists, it's not like it's gone, no. but it's very different from what it was. Um, your report found that only uh, uh, a net 14% of marketers say they will reduce their ad spend on the social media platform next year. Mm -hmm. um, I actually thought that figure might have been higher, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm glad to, to know that perhaps people are a little warmer on, on X than I might have thought, mm. um, but still you know, overall 
been a negative year for the company. Um, I'm curious, a lot has been made of the lack of trust, brand safety, et cetera, but Twitter was never really a huge buy necessarily. So um, what do you make of, well, I guess X, but also the fact that is there an an alternative that's actually shown up as you've just sort of mentioned, or has that budget maybe been spread in lots of different directions? Well, I think I think you're right. What what's happened with X, I still find it difficult to say, um, <laughs> yeah. in this study is we've seen that um there's a decline in perceptions of innovation in terms of advertising it's on X. And it's now down to about 16% of people think it's an innovative platform. It was a lot higher last year. And as you mentioned, trustworthiness, uh, 7% say it's trustworthy now compared to 11% um, so a couple of years ago. That's saying 93%. That's not saying 93% say it's untrustworthy necessarily. It's, is it? it's the positive. It's only 7% right, okay. uh, <laughs> calling out trustworthiness right. as one of the positives, Okay, uh, which is still, you know, not, not very high, let's no. face it, for a platform. And then um, that's accompanied by marketers saying that they, you know, 14% um, a net, 14% sell their, say they'll reduce their ad investment on Twitter for next year. So, you know, what can X do to turn this around? Well, I think there's a few things. There's working on the perception of trustworthiness, and that is that is to do with how the content is is managed, and that's that's a super important part of the platform and its and its reputation. I think as an ad platform, it needs to innovate. There needs to be better innovation and more obvious innovation in in terms of ad formats. And these things take time to turn around. But there is no direct substitute for Twitter. No, no, you know, or X rather. No other right. platform is exactly the same. Um, my impression would be, as you say, it's a fairly small part of most marketing plans anyway. It would just be redistributed elsewhere. Mm. You know, but they'll need to they'll need to fight to get that investment back. Mm. It wouldn't necessarily re- be redistributed to Threads, let's say, or no. Well, on. Threads doesn't accept advertising yet. I, I gather it will do from early next year. But yeah. and I I think that marketers will treat that as a um, as another kind of experimentation platform. I'm sure when they start offering advertising, marketers will look at it and say. We'll put a bit of budget by there. We'll test and learn. We'll see what happens. But it will be really interesting to see what they come up with in terms of ad formats, because that might be substantially different from the ones that X offers today. Mm. We talked about how marketers really love digital, but I think one of the big complaints that I've heard over the course of many months is that, especially like digital display, has not really innovated over like 20 years. I mean, a banner ad still a banner ad. Mm. Is that a complaint at all that comes up with digital advertising? Actually, digital display did form, perform a bit better in our study this year than, than it has done before. Um, it might be then from being the, you know, I mean, when I started out in digital media, display was all there was. We didn't even have exciting things like video. Mm. And I think you know, one would hope that now Out of Home has had a resurgence, that actually there is also a resurgence in interesting in and, and interest in high quality copywriting, you know, impactful messages delivered really smartly. Display doesn't have to be boring and dull. You know, that's one of the things that it has suffered from, but those 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 negatives are are reducing now. Mm. But it's it's the creative qualities of of display which I think are now being maybe taken slightly more advantage of. Over the weekend, um, YouTube had a number of employees, must have gotten leaked to the Financial Times, I'm not sure you saw the story, but um, basically there's concern that 
shorts could cannibalize the rest of its business among some of its employees. Um, I talked about this topic earlier this week um, with my colleague Ella on the other podcast, but I'm curious what insights you might have about businesses looking to transition this long form video uh, from long form video to short form video. Excuse me. We've talked about YouTube already a good chunk on the pod, but uh, should should YouTube be concerned about this? Is there that business element of well, short form is maybe not as lucrative as long form? Well, obviously, there's there's always a risk. The more ad formats a platform develops, that there is potential for cannibalization mm. um, of revenues. Um, we know from all of our work into innovation and how any brands need to extend into more spaces or find new spaces uh, for growth that actually any innovation needs to be incremental. Um, you know, unless your core business is in rapid decline, there's no point in taking away uh, what you're already gaining in terms of revenue. So, you know, and a lot of ad innovation or format innovation as well comes with a price tag attached. So there are all sorts of clever mechanisms of making sure you don't do uh, any any damage, that the, the, the positives of incremental revenue are there. Um, and a lot of that can be to do with the commercial structure, how you offer these advertising and, and ha- you know, maybe you offer joint deals um, mm. for doing long form and short form together, but they can't not innovate. Um, and I am sure that many of these platforms will do um, lots of testing, uh, lots of data analysis to see what the upsides would be and what the risks are when mm. they introduce these new commercial formats. Um, but, you know, YouTube can't not innovate. Everybody has to. That's important because, you know, they're in a race. It's a, we've called this a battleground. They, you know, <laughs> they're, they're in competition with each other. Even if the platforms, the channels, the formats aren't doing exactly the same thing, they're still competing for dollars at the end of the day. Mm. Last question, if I may, you know, the whole report comes out asking about consumers, marketers' opinions about where they prefer seeing advertising. I'm curious Mm. if you have a personal preference, don't have to rank anything, but where you really enjoy uh, coming into contact with advertising. Yeah, that's a really good question. And in many ways, I might actually be quite a stereotypical person, maybe not for my age, because I'm a little bit older than you, Jack, just confess, making a confession here. No, I don't, I don't know what you're Tiny, talking. tiny bit. Um, I, I do enjoy advertising on TikTok. I enjoy out-of-home advertising and particularly digital. But then, I, you know, also maybe I'm quite unusual because I've worked in advertising for many decades and I am genuinely interested in it and I seek things out. I, I love looking at the kind of tentpole as the kind of, you know, Super Bowl, you know, UK's yeah. Christmas ads. That's 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 an equivalent here, you know. And then I'm curious when when I see ads, you know, online as well and how they're targeted and how that all works. But I think in terms of, you know, standout positives, I would say for me it's got to be about fun and entertainment. So, yeah. Regardless of the medium. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Make I, it fun. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. It sounds like a perfect place to leave it. Jane, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, You can read the study. It's out. uh, Well, by the time this episode comes out, it will be out. So uh, go read it. Go read my coverage of it on The Media Leader. And uh, and Jane, thanks again. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. This episode was edited by our production partners, Trisonic. You can find and listen to all our episodes on our website at themedialeader.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. But just remember, please do subscribe to be notified when we release our next episode. From all of us at The Media Leader, I'm editor Omar Oaks. Our executive producer is Jack Benjamin. See you next time. <laughs>